You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, joined alongside of my uh, usual co-host, Jimmy, but we have a very special guest today, Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Uh, the ESPN. What's going on, Emily? Not much. It's okay. I have a hard time saying it too. I, I feel like the letters just don't go together. Someone should have told them that. But... <laughs> All right. So yeah. how have you been? How was the uh, Edmonton experience? Man, it was kind of surreal. I think that's how I put it. Um, and what's crazy is I was bubble adjacent. So I was near the bubble and I got to go to the games and see that aspect of the bubble. But, you know, I also got to walk around Edmonton and experience. Ooh, sorry about that. Very loud. No, okay. um, we get the authentic podcast experience here. Um, but yeah, I also got to experience Edmonton. So, um, you know, just being in the arena itself was surreal. I, you know, people warned me that like watching an empty arena hockey game would be different. I didn't realize how cold it was going to be. You don't understand <laughs> warm body heat from fans typically give off. And then just the sounds, like if you're watching on TV, the five second delay, um, you know, they, they made the artificial crowd noise sound pretty authentic, but in the arena, you know, you can't do it quite like that. So everything sounded like a second off. So like a guy would take a shot and then two seconds later, you'd be like, ah, so that, that was a little bit weird. All right, so what was um, uh, some of your favorite parts of Edmonton since you kind of walked around and uh, went around the city? Man, well, obviously the river walk. Like, that is something that yeah. is just gorgeous. And I was there. To, I mean, Edmonton gets a bad rap, right? Um, but yeah, the issue yeah. is, most hockey players and people who give it a bad rap come there in the middle of winter. And, like, most cities suck in the middle of winter. Like, <laughs> I live in Chicago. Chicago sucks in the middle of winter. Um, but you know, I seen the leaves change and it was just gorgeous. So I really enjoyed that aspect. And then just the people were like, Alberta hospitality was a real thing. Like people were just so kind. 
Oh, that's good to hear. Um, it's It was very weird because you think with a, a, pr- a pretty crazy hockey city with a Stanley Cup being rewarded, like I remember the day Tampa won, you just like look outside, there's no cars or anything. It's just so weird how there's like this big game happening. And a matter of fact, when I go to work, I always train past the stadium. So there's like a couple of days where I worked and there'd be games playing. So it was just weird seeing, you know, like there's these big games being played inside the arena, but like it's pretty much dead outside. So it was kind of weird seeing that. And I also have to ask you, you went to uh, like the Rocky Mountains area. How was that? Because I absolutely love the Rocky Mountains. I went there to Banff a couple of years ago and I was just, I've, I've been there a couple of times, but just each time you go, you're taken away with how beautiful it is and how it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. Oh my God. I, I became a mountain person. I like you, I, you people are like, Oh, beach or mountain. I always thought I was a beach person, but like, Holy cow, it was gorgeous and just insane to get away. But you're right. There was something about downtown Edmonton, like the biggest hockey event in the world was going on. And like, you would have no idea if you were just outside it. And what was also crazy is the Tampa Bay lightning won. And typically they would go and party in the city or get on the plane and go home and party. Um, but they had nowhere to go. Because the NHL like, please don't break the bubble tonight. And their plane didn't leave until 9 a.m. So they actually stayed in the locker room at the arena until like 1 a.m. Because they're like, we don't want to go back to the hotel. Like, that's where we've been for weeks. There's nothing for us to do there. Plus, the stars are there. We don't want to party in front of their faces. Um, but then they did. So then they went back to the hotel and party there. <laughs> that was the whole thing on Twitter. God, that was a day. Oh, man. All right, Jimmy, you want to go ask him questions? Oh, yeah, I say, um, you mentioned the authentic uh, podcast. Man, I, uh, I think I've got, not to brag here, but I think I've got it covered completely. I'm sitting, I've got an interesting living, living situation right now. I'm literally sitting in a garage in a dish chair with a TV tray, a computer on it, and a microphone. Relax. So if you guys wow. hear, if you guys hear uh, like someone walk in with garbage bags uh, and say, oh, shit, sorry, then you, you know why. Um, <laughs> that's incredible i wish i had that set up i i, I <laughs> yeah, you're kind of making me jealous right now hey man i had to pay I'm for just this on a desk with i had to work in my bedroom so you got you got to work for this i'm sorry you can't really just ask for it but um uh yeah no i i i'm curious um and you know working for espn and even being invited to the bubble uh something i've wondered is you know what would do you have like a favorite interview or like you know, I don't know how much, how much you talk to the players or is there a certain player you felt was, you know, the most interesting to talk to or whatnot or the best personality um, and whatnot? Oh, that's a great question. You know, it always is, right? <laughs> I feel like I always ask this and there's so, like people are like, oh, man, there's like so much to you know choose from, you know, especially when you're like at that kind of level, you know. You know, so hockey players get this rap and I am going to say I'm guilty of perpetuating this and they can be kind of boring in interviews, right? You see them and they don't oh, use that's a shocker. Wow. Never heard that. <laughs> yeah, no, they say we or you instead. Uh, they never talk about themselves. They never say something interesting. It's always pucks deep or some kind of cliche. Um, but I gotta do. Play find, full 60. Yeah, exactly. You gotta play the full 60 minutes. Um, defense wins championships. Uh, it's all about the right, there. You know. Gotta do a little thing right, you know, and uh, we're just gonna win games, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. One period at a time. Um, but uh, I do find that when you do get guys in a little bit more of an authentic, that's my buzzword of the day, apparently a situation where it's a phone call or if you can have lunch with them, they're really cool guys. And they're just really down to earth guys. And, you know, during the bubble experience, um, a lot of our interviews had to be via uh, zoom in a press conference setting and you didn't really get the most out of guys there, but 
you know, one player that I did talk to on the phone during the bubble, the lightning setup and interview with Zach Bogosian, I was like, this guy is awesome. I want to root for this guy. Just um, his realness, all that he's been through this year of, you know, it not working out for him in Buffalo, him almost signing in Toronto. And then he didn't sign in Toronto pretty much because it was the day of the David Ayers game. Uh, the next day he was supposed to meet with Kyle. Oh, wow. canceled on him. They're like, yeah, no, we're embarrassed. We're not going to uh, talk to you. Um, so just that. And, and wow. he was another one of those guys where a big storyline in the bubble was guys having to be separated from their families for so long. And he has, I can't remember how many, but like three or four kids under the age of six or seven. Um, and just having to Skype and FaceTime them to, to connect with them over those couple weeks. Um, oh. He was the guy that I really started rooting for. So you're wow. saying single-handedly David Ayers helped Tampa Bay win the cup. There we go. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, David Ayers won a cup for Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but you guys say it. It's <laughs> a great headline. I think I'll stick with it. Yeah, perfect. And wow, speaking but... of the word authentic, I think I'm going to name that the podcast just authentic. PJ's cast, date, yeah. then authentic. I like that. <laughs> You know, I yeah, I, I was hearing the same thing. Elliot Friedman and uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name on the Thirty One Thoughts. Jeff Merrick, I, I, yeah. Jeff Merrick. Jeff Merrick. Oh my God, I know when he listens to this podcast as he always does, he's gonna be very disappointed. But uh, no, I they were saying the same thing. You know, really a talker. You know, one of the few uh, in the few interviews you get who you feel like you're really talking to somebody. And I, I, I definitely, I uh, you're definitely not in bad company when talking about uh, hockey players being boring. Or uh, we're not blind to that. Don't worry. Um, and you know but, what? Like, I think there's an important distinction. Like they're boring in their public persona, but behind the scenes, like oh yeah, guys. Like you would like oh, hey, yeah. you'd want to drink. Oh, with them. I love like, I love awesome. watching the uh, you know the well. I mean, every team does this to an extent, but the Blackhawks will do this where they you know they'll mic a guy up and kind of follow him around the bubble for a day. One guy was Slater Cuckoo, and they're just you know, they're just guys messing around. You know, they're just fun people to be around. They seem like that. But, you know, it's it's with hockey players. I don't know what it is, man. It, it, there's a camera in front of them, and it's just a completely different person. It's the most, you know, stoic, professional person out there. Um, and but what I feel like it, it really makes you appreciate when you get a guy, you know, like a P.K. Subban, or you mentioned an Eric, Bogo, uh, Eric Bogosian. I Zach feel Bogosian. Like I'm up. What's up? Zach Bogosian. Zach Bogosian. I knew I messed that up. I knew <laughs> I was thinking Erica Branson. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, uh, yes. 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 Hockey men with beards and right-handed sticks. Yes. That's, that's high draft picks too. Hydrate. Yeah, actually. Yes. That, yeah. Actually right around each other too. Uh, in, in terms of how high, but yeah, no, I feel like it really makes you, uh, it really makes you appreciate that. Um, you know, when you get them uh, as, you know, it, it, with every other sport, you know, you get that, uh, you know, every single time I'll watch, uh, you know, I'm a Bears fan. I watch the Bears interviews, and I'm just like, this is like every single guy is more interesting than anybody, anybody on the Blackhawks or really anybody in the entire league. Uh, it's kind of crazy how that works, but uh, yeah, you know, I used to cover football um in the NFL, and I I the biggest difference was if you walked into a locker room in football, like say you walked into the Bears locker room and you yeah. walk to Tariq Cohen or Akeem Hicks, and you're like, tell me about yourself and why you're awesome. They're like, great, here's my whole life story, and here's everything about me. And I'm, <laughs> um, and if you walk into hockey and you ask the same question, they'll start deferring to their teammates or, you know, thanking their coach or, you know, it's so deferential. And I, I do think it's, it's a cultural thing and it's systematic and it really begins when they're young. And I almost think that guys don't even realize they're doing it. It's just so ingrained. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's just this it's kind of a culture thing, you know, and I feel like hockey's taking steps away from that. You know, Austin Matthews isn't the most outspoken guy, but I know he said multiple times in uh, you know, with the players association that he really feels like there needs to be more like he's really said like, hey, we need to be like showing character, you know, players should be able to wear whatever they want to games, you know, it's it's still the gentleman sport, which uh, I highly disagree if you watch the sport, but, you know, it's the name that uh, is, is kind of stuck with it for so long. And, you know, I kind of feel like I feel like players almost subconsciously try to, you know, keep that uh, kind of keep that name going. And that's just because that's just what it's been built around and, and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, personally, I really hope they break away from that. But, you know, for now, I'll appreciate the uh, the. Eric Bogosians and uh, Zach Abransons of hockey. <laughs> well, it's funny because the uh, in the bubble, they did have guys, they relaxed the dress code. They said, you guys can wear whatever you want to the rink. Oh, they did, yeah. didn't they? And this is something, Chris Versteeg, who's the retired Blackhawk, uh, they played yeah. for but we know him as Blackhawk. Um, he and I talked a lot about this because he was ripping guys on his Instagram of being like, Oh my god, yeah. One out of ten, two out of ten. Yeah. It was, horrible. But you know what? It was teams like the Minnesota Wild are like, we're all gonna wear golf polos. And he's like, How are you supposed to market these players if they're all showing up looking like they're posing for a LinkedIn photo? Um, <laughs> so, like I said, it's Oh, I love that man. I love that man. I really do. He's great. I, I I've gotten to know him a bit over the last couple months and um man, he's one of the beauties in the in the hockey world. He really personifies um, the word beauty. He always has. I like the the rap from uh, 2010. I don't know how yeah, many times I watched yeah. that kid, but I definitely watched that a lot. <laughs> oh man, he's so much fun. I'm so glad he got to be in this organization. But uh, uh, Pierce, I I think you had a question you wanted to ask. Yeah. Um. So there is one player that just over the time I've watched hockey since I've started watching that's just always intrigued me and as one of the few players that actually shows personality across the sport that we actually didn't bring up and it's Alex Ovechkin. And mm. I believe you did get to cover the 2018 Stanley cup final, correct? Yes, I was. What was, what was it like seeing Ovechkin finally lift that Stanley cup? Cause I've been watching hockey since 05, 06. And that's when guys like Ovechkin and Crosby broke into the league. And Ovechkin just always intrigued me. He's always gotten those, you know, the Maurice Richard trophy, got the Calder trophy and, got the heart and it's like just all these big awards but he was never able to get it done in the big games and just even at the olympics as well and and just finally watching him win the stanley cup it was just so amazing and i just wonder what it was like to finally see him lift that cup and what it was like covering that washington team yeah i'm glad you mentioned him as like one of the guys with personality i think we sometimes forget about him he is one of the guys that like does his own thing. Remember that all-star game where he wore the cowboy hat and the the shootout competition. And he's just uh, our buzzword of the day, authentic to his true self. Um, But yeah, it's just cathartic for them because, you know, you can really feel it. Like this is a guy that is going down as one of the all-time greatest ever play in this league. You mentioned that he won all these awards. They've had all this regular season success, but it was always going to be like, he could never get it done. And I do think there is some, I don't want to say xenophobia, but bias. He's Russian. Uh, I think we can say that. Yeah. Sure. Okay. We'll go um, you know, I, I just think that he's judged to different standards sometimes. And it, quite frankly, that sucks. Um, so it really felt cool to see him on the biggest stage, finally make it um, and win it. And like, I have this photo on my phone. I was scrolling through the other day and I found it. And it's him just lifting the cup, walking through the tunnel. And you could just, 
see the pure exuberance of like <laughs> on his face um, and his goofy to- toothy smile. Um, and yeah, it, it was just incredible. Um, and I, I really, you know, there's certain guys in, when you, you start to root for, like you, you want them to do well. And I, and I wanted the narrative of Alex Ovechkin not to be, he's the guy that could never get it done. Like I wanted him to be the guy that helped Washington win its first Stanley Cup and he did. Yeah. I was just watching that Vegas run. It's like, how is anyone going to, you know, defeat this amazing Vegas story? And it's like Washington coming in the final, Ovechkin lifting the cup would be the one to get it done. I know. Yeah. That's, and that's the other thing too. Like you know how Vegas was in the Stanley cup final that year. Like that was insane too. And going between the cities and the difference in atmosphere and, and culture and the arena, like Vegas literally felt like we were at a, um, medieval time show during the- <laughs> <laughs> very ironic cranking yeah. up the noise oh my god man. yeah and then you know they're great hockey fans there's just a little bit more of a traditional hockey experience so that was cool from that aspect yeah i i feel like the that view the first shot you you see on tv um the camera goes right to ovechkin after the time runs out and you see him grab his head just in disbelief and i mm-hmm. i just thinking about that i feel like Anybody, you don't even you don't even have to be an athlete. Anybody who's ever chased any kind of dream can just like relate to that, can feel that, can probably felt emotional watching that. I know, like I did, it just it it just I was choking up like just watching that. And I know that you know, everyone around the world is rooting for that guy. People were rooting for Vegas at the beginning of the season as these underdogs and this great story. But even then, when they got to the finals, I, I don't know anybody who wasn't rooting for that guy. Like everyone knows he got this awful rap. The amount of times, and you mentioned that the xenophobia, the, you know, lazy Russian, you know, can't play mm-hmm. defense when, you know, guys like Patrick Kane would never get that rap as much as I, you know, liked watching the guy play, you know, he doesn't get that because he's not, he's not Russian. And mm-hmm. to see him just prove everybody wrong and just the jubilation in from that entire team, but from him specifically was just, God, I, I feel like they're, I feel like Ray Bork is really the only, like, that might be the only cup winning like cup being won by a specific player oh, man. every time i watch work race the cup like if i want to cry i go watch that <laughs> oh so my god dude. The, amount of, the amount of times like yeah, of me would watch that before a game and like ball his eyes out was just like pathetic god i love that it's just beautiful but... and you know, it's also crazy just thinking about it now like we're talking we're they were the golden misfits right we were talking yeah. That here's a bunch of guys, their team didn't want them, they banded together and proved everyone wrong. And like fast forward two years, and now they're making these business moves, getting rid of guys left and right, cut creating uh, yeah. flurry. Like they grew up fast. Yeah, I you know, you want to talk about that for a second, Piers? I feel like that's a very interesting uh topic we didn't really touch on uh as much last podcast. I forget if we did or not, but I feel like um, before we get, so I want to get into the um, uh, secret deodorant um, donation, but before that, I, I yeah, I feel like that's a very interesting thing because personally, I don't, uh, I I think Pierce as well, you agree. I don't um, that Flurry, I don't think it's the worst thing that they brought in Leonard and gave him the job. I because I feel that that's a simple business move of you know you, your goalie's not playing well, you need a good goalie to play in the playoffs. It's something the Sharks should have done the year before and they didn't with Martin Jones. And he played better. He won the starting job. That's, you know, that's sports. Um, how they handle doing that, uh, definitely, I, I think there's definitely some uh, 
debate to be had there uh, from what we're hearing about behind the scenes and whatnot. Um, Emily, I'm kind of curious to hear if you know anything about that, um, if you know about anything behind the scenes and uh, maybe why guys like Alan Walsh and Flurry and some of the players in general are rumored to be really frustrated about this. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where we're seeing now in the NHL, um, windows can be so short to win. And sure. with salary cap, especially staying flat over the next couple of years, um, there's pressure. There's so much pressure um, from ownership, from management. And the Golden Knights just feel like they're close and they need to make every move they feel like they need to make to be a winner. But like I said, some of those moves are cutthroat, like getting rid of Gerard Gallant. Um, oh, man. <laughs> um, and Peter DeBoer. And, you know, one of the things that wasn't really, I think, brought up enough is another departure that happened this year for the Golden Knights was their goaltending coach, Dave Fryer. Um, and it wasn't exactly. Um, and I don't think it was, it was, it was a bit of a messy divorce. Like, I think it happened. And I, I think that it probably affected Flurry. That's the guy that he knew um, from day one. Uh, with, um, you know, are you talking day one in the league or day one with Vegas? They won in Vegas. Um, oh, okay. I was say, that would be. Um, and, you know, DeBoer comes in and he has this edict. You got to win. Um, you're given two goalies. Who gives you the better chance? Robin Leonard gives you the better chance right now. So yep. I you think can. the issue at the core of this is communication. Um, I think when I talk to players, all they ask for is transparency. They want to know why something's happening. Um, they're okay with something's happening as long as you explain it to them. And it really seemed like in the – Flurry situation, there was a lack of transparency, maybe with the departure of Dave Pryor, with the acquisition of Robin Lanner, and then with Lanner being the number one guy in the playoffs. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that in Chicago as well. We're, mm, that's you know, the big buzzword. Right yeah. <laughs> What's up? That's the big buzzword here, transparency these days. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, a guy like, I mean, Corey Crawford, to kind of hit on that, uh, Pierce, I don't know if you want to uh, hit on the Crawford situation or how that relates at all. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, I'm kind of put on the spot here because I'm not oh, exactly no, sure no, what to no, say. Yeah, That's sorry. okay. But so like, um, I'm I'm honestly I'm just so proud for Robin Leonard that he got a contract because obviously he's one of the very few people that are not just in hockey but in sports that were open about having depression and mental illness. He went to the New York Islanders, got a Vesna nomination, brought them to the second round. And then he goes to Chicago, takes a chance, and plays amazing there despite that, uh, let's say, uh, not very good defense to be nice. But then uh, he goes to Vegas, and he finally – I'm just so proud for him because he's finally found a home. And, you know, it sucks uh, being a Blackhawks fan. You definitely wanted him. He was definitely the goalie of the future. But um, also, you, you just a human in you is incredibly excited that um, Robin Leonard has found a home. And – in Vegas and they seem to really embrace him in the whole like Panda thing. And that he got a nice long, long contract, $5 million for five or $25 million over five years. And I'm just, I'm just glad for Robin Leonard. I feel the same exact way. Like it sucks that it had to get grouped in with the flurry drama. And those two guys are handled the situation like professionals. Um, yeah. But when you kind of take a step back and you just look at Robin Leonard and you realize how brave it was for him to come forward with his story um, when nobody around him wanted him to, his agent told him not to, his coaches told him not to, his family told him not to, um, but he did, and it affected him. He wasn't able to get a deal that was longer than one year um, until now, and to get that security for his family, um, it's a really special thing. 
I really yeah. feel like he's the big loser of this whole situation. I mean, there's everything going on with Vegas, but Leonard's the best thing they could. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think he's the best player on that team aside from one Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the fans don't like him. Like the fans just don't like him. Your, your other, you know, the other goalie in your tandem, his agent does not like you. Like it, it's just such a tough situation. And it's to me, it just, it's so sad because it's, it, in my opinion, he's probably the most lovable guy in the NHL aside for maybe a PK Subban. And yet he's just put in this, you know, this messy marriage of, you know, going on right here. It's just, uh, I, I just feel awful for the guy, you know? You do, but I, I think, like I said, he's handled like a pro, and I think oh, for sure, the Vegas fans are starting to warm up to him. And once they get him for a full season, they'll be obsessed. Hey, if he's making saves like he did against Vancouver in that game seven, I mean, there's yeah. no way he can, man. Holy, it's just like he got three shutouts in one series. Which how many goalies have done that throughout the course of NHL playoff Michael history? Layton, it's like, baby. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Lean in 2010. <laughs> But, like, all the talk is on Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, it's never like, oh, Robin Leonard is actually a really good goalie. And he was definitely was not the reason they lost against Dallas. And one thing I like about Robin Leonard, too, is that we've talked about on this podcast episode so far about people that have personality. Robin Leonard is someone who has personality, you know. Um, usually uh, NHL players don't, like, interact on Twitter. But Robin Leonard is not, like, shy from that stuff. I remember, I think it was, uh, he, he was talking about uh, Buffalo but uh, th- this team, uh, I think it was like a Vegas blog. They thought it was from Chicago, and then he replied to it, and he's like, "I actually said this about Buffalo. Like, he's not afraid to back down from social media." And I just, I just love Robin Leonard. He's so honest and transparent, and we've been using this word also authentic. So it's the authentic. <laughs> yeah. No, he represents it. I think maybe better than any player in the NFL. Like, yeah, he is, and he's not afraid of who he is, and. Like, how can you not respect that? Yeah. You know, I always think of the, the biggest personalities in the league. I, I first think of Subban and Sagan, but I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, Leonard may not be the biggest personality in terms of, you know, like the most bubbly and whatnot, but I feel like he's easily the most, again, authentic. Like that that's him right there. You know, he talks about everything he goes through. And, you know, I think everyone goes through something. You know, I'm very open about mental health, Pierce's as well. And I feel that... um you know, more people like that being in this big stage in sports, a guy who's, you know, big enough and good enough of a goaltender to be a Vezina, you know, candidate, you know, that that's such a big deal for, you know, you know, for people to hear about this and for that to be talked about and maybe not just in hockey, but, you know, you never know who sees that. And I just feel like that's so that's so important in today's league. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout-out to Emily about the stories that she wrote about uh, Robin Leonard and uh, Tyler Mott. Those were just incredible stories about how oh, they've yeah. been about their mental health, and I just want to applaud you for writing about that. Because oh, my God, I did not know that sometimes, was you. I'm so some, sorry. <laughs> sometimes just this stuff gets swept under the rug because mental health is not a, you know, it's not like a broken leg. You can't see it, unfortunately, and some people hide it, and it just sucks. So I just want to thank you for, as someone who's suffered with um, mental illness and depression, that you wrote in articles like that and made it open to the public to see. And, yeah, Jimmy, do you got anything else to ask, or do you want to get into Twitter questions? Uh, well, I just want to, I mean, well, I, I really want to um, just echo what Pierce said there. I'm, you know, uh, you know, we're both very big advocates for that. And, uh, it's, I, I found it a bit, um, a bit ironic. I was a huge fan of, uh, Tyler Mott in Chicago. I've always liked that guy's game and, you know, seems like a really, really cool guy. And, uh, you know, to, I, I, again, I did, I had no idea. Um, I, I read that sort of in passing. I didn't know that was you. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, thank you a lot for putting that out there and giving someone a voice to speak about that. Um, you know, I really, 
it means a lot, not just from a hockey fan, but from a, you know, just from a person, you know, just from being a person who I, you know, who goes through that and, you know, wants other people to see those things and, you know, uh, be able to learn and, you know, relate to that. Um, Thanks for saying yeah. that. Honestly, yeah. I give all the credit to Tyler and Robin for wanting to share their stories. And like, especially Tyler, I looked at him and he's a guy that's still finding his way in the league, right? Like he's yeah. not have a cemented roster spot. He, you know, he was an RFA this summer. He did get a new contract extension with the Canucks. But um, as we saw with Robin, like sometimes coming out with these stories, like while it's admirable, like the business end of it sometimes doesn't make sense. And then sometimes you are judged differently, but he's so brave of saying, this is who I am. And I'm just going to share all of who I am because I think it could help some person out there. And like, damn, like that's so cool. Yeah, no, it really is. It's, and it's great to see in this sport too, you know. Um, but oh, Pierce, was it uh, Emily? I don't know um, how much time you have. I don't want to like uh, keep you too long or anything. Um, uh, so, I wanted. Well, I just want to make sure. Is it cool if I ask um, and uh, a little bit about the um, again about the uh, secret deodorant donation? Yeah, yeah. we'll do that. We'll get into the Twitter questions if that's if that's okay with you, Emily. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, so women's hockey is something I've been trying to cover more and more of because. Um, quite frankly, it's just not covered enough. And uh, yeah. the Professional Women's Hockey oh, wow. Players Association, another acronym that I always stumble upon. Um, these are the top players in the world, the Olympians on the USA and Canada. Um, and they've opted, they're like, we're in the prime of our careers and there is a professional league going on. And if we just played in it, that's going to lead to the status quo. And they've made this brave decision to sit out from professional hockey um, until a sustainable league that can pay them a living salary where they don't have to have another job on the side um, exists. And, you know, we need people to step up financially to support this. And I think we've all been waiting for the NHL to make some kind of meaningful contribution to women's hockey. And quite frankly, it's a little disconcerting to think that in the current economic climate and now, you know, with the pandemic, that this might fall lower and lower um, on their priority list. But for a company like Secret Deodorant to step up and say, we'll commit a million dollars because we understand this is important, that's awesome. So they committed a million dollars. These women in the PWHPA can do their Dream Gap tour in 2021. Um, they will go across North America, have exhibition games, um, and the hopes that you know maybe this is just one last stopgap year uh, until that professional league can sprout up. That's yeah. awesome. That the fact that. Just this, I don't want to say random company, but like a, a company not the NHL just steps in with this big of a, a, a like a like a fun to help them out. And I am I've always been and the thing is with women's hockey, I love hockey just in general. I watch any hockey I can, and I've always loved watching the Canada U.S. gold medal games because there's there's genuine hate there. I remember watching the 2010 gold medal game. I think it was two nothing. I believe Marie Filipelan scored both of the goals there, oh, and it was man. a very very close game there, and and they won. And I remember just them just sitting on the Vancouver ice drinking beers like molten sin canes, and like this is this is so awesome. And you wish you could see more than I remember two, 2014 the gold medal game. Oh. Um, U.S. was uh, I know it's gonna hurt you. <laughs> two nothing. Yeah. They're up two nothing with like a few minutes left, and then Mary Philippe Poulin is the golden girl again. Scores two goals, including the overtime winner. But uh, yeah, she's got a lot US, over the border. Yeah, and then the U.S. 
get their revenge in a shootout. Jocelyn Lamaru, the Lamaru twins with those beautiful moves on Shannon Zabados. I mean, you can't even be mad. Those were just so beautiful. And just watching these games, there's genuine hate. Like, they do not like each other. And I just love seeing that. And I wish that women's sport was covered, or like a women's hockey. Well, women's sports in general was just covered more. And, man, and just like seeing stuff like that, and hopefully that it gets more coverage and that these women that have played hockey all their lives finally gets uh to live out their dreams because honestly if you have a dream you should be able to live it out no matter what and just seeing that it's 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 a step it's going to be a long process unfortunately i don't think it's going to take you know it's not you know going to happen oh, no. overnight, not but... the people that are watching the sport in in control of it i yeah no sadly but uh, yeah it's it's great to see that so uh jimmy you got anything else to add or do you want to get into the twitter questions now oh, i guess uh oh speaking of uh well hashtag authentic um I think it was, it was a really cool uh, little note they gave after um after that gold medal game. They named they named their moves after Britney Spears songs or something yeah. like that. Oops, oh, I yeah, did it again yeah. and whatnot. I'm that. like, that's yeah. so like I love that. That's so neat. That's so you cute. know, the Canadian me is like disappointed they lost, but at the same time, just like hockey first. That's so good for the game and for women's hockey. Yeah, they're just they're just you know just just girls that just want to have fun. Exactly, girls just want to have fun. That's yeah. all. That's all they want. Great reference. Good stuff. Awesome. But uh, I think we – I forget how many questions do we have. Do you want to pull them up, uh, Pierce? Um, we have uh, a couple. Um, well, first, this one is for me. It's a pretty important question. Emily, what's your favorite kind of bagel? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Um, anything from New York or New Jersey because they know what they're doing. And, man, everything bagels. And if you can get me a bacon, egg, and cheese, I'm the happiest girl. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm a yeah. big easy girl. All right. This is from at Jen and Juicy UC. Um, oh, my boy. As we, oh, <laughs> you know him. I don't think he follows. Oh, yeah. Me, so yeah. Is that about you? As we continue yeah. to evolve storytelling using analytics and multimedia, are you and other writers at ESPN moving to a heavier emphasis on those elements, or will you might likely maintain your current style of coverage? It's a great question. You know. I'm not a numbers person. Like why I got into sports writing is because I sucked at math. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I'm always though open to learning more and listening more. And I, I feel like as I've grown into the sport, I've understood, um, you know, more analytical um, conversations more and what analytics are being used in front offices and amongst um, people who really follow the game. So I do try to incorporate it. And like, I just have to give a shout out to all of these websites that helped me tremendously. Like, Shout out to Natural Stat Trick. Uh, you oh, know. yeah, Natural Stat Trick's the best. Well, even though it's... What would I do without them? Exactly, uh, me too. So that, that oh, yeah. too. Like, I know that's not analytics, but like, damn, they do God's work. Oh, yeah. Anyone who's looking into that too, highly recommend uh, Jay Fresh Hockey and his, uh, his page. And I just uh, pledged $5 a month to him. I know, hashtag ad, but God, his, his, his stuff is awesome. He has like the charts and all that and... Uh, he makes those EA cards where he puts like the percentile that a player ranks and say even strength offense and even strength defense and whatnot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, yeah, I, I've been like looking at every card imaginable the last few days. So <laughs> I got I to gotta put that out there. Um, yeah, I know like the basics of advanced stats, but like when it gets to some of these crazy ones, like I just, I it's it's beyond my mind. But I'm trying to learn because like the I Michael think. Scott gift, the, uh, you know, please explain this to me like I'm five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah, I'm trying to learn because I think the more you know about it, the more you're open about your mind to learning things in hockey, the more the better it'll be. So, um, this friend, this question is from our friend uh, Reagan. She asks, as a woman in the sports industry, do you ever feel like the cards are somewhat stacked against you with the industry typically being more male dominant? How do you overcome that feeling slash barrier? As a woman who's going into the industry after college, I'd love any advice you have. You know, sometimes yes and sometimes no. Like, I do think there are inherent advantages of being a female in this industry, Um, as crazy as that sounds. Like, I'm unique. If I walk into a locker room and I talk to a guy once um, and I come back a couple weeks later, like, he's probably going to remember me more so than just, like, the 10 other white guys that have talked to him and not So that's a benefit. And, you know, sometimes I can connect with them a little bit more. Um, on different levels, uh, you know, the emotional level, talking about family stuff that maybe um, some men yeah. don't want to do. Um, as for, really look at that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I don't want to discard, like, I don't want to discredit men. And I think, you know, you two guys seem like guys that get it and could have a really good in-depth um, emotional conversation with someone that, that hits oh, on a level. Um, but a lot of my male colleagues can't. Well, that's whole thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are times where things are stacked against you. And like a good example is um, source building. Like I feel like I can't text a guy after 10 PM. I feel weird about it. Cause I don't want any mixed messages. Um, when oh, you yeah. A draft or, um, you know, the Stanley cup final or all-star weekend um, drinking is a big way that people do source building. They drink with coaches, they drink with players or GMs. If I'm seen at a bar drinking with a GM or a coach or a player, uh, I'm looking the other way. So things like that um, can be difficult. And I guess just my advice um, to this question would be stay true to yourself. Stay authentic, hey? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think you are a woman and never try to act like a man. Never, you know, use who you are to your advantage and, and just, you know, be upfront. And I think that's what carries you through. And, and the people who are true to themselves um, the hard workers, uh, they always rise to the top. Oh, I love that. I love that. They can take advantage of, you know, who you are and like your position in it, because it's like you've said, there's a lot of really fucked up disadvantages. Uh, mm-hmm. God, I hate the, I, I, it's like, I hate, I hate hearing it because it's like, that's so, it's so ridiculous to say out loud, isn't it? You know, like that's just, mm-hmm. that's so, that's, oh man, I, I don't even have to explain it. Like, we just know that we know that, but yeah, I love that. I, I think that even, can speak to anybody like I mean I could even take that advice like there are a lot of times yeah. when I played hockey I was always the uh more outgoing uh flamboyant one right and so you know and everybody in high school you, know, you try to fit in and so many people go to their businesses and try to be somebody they're not just to you know fit into the crowd but like you said like you know, so you go into a locker room someone's gonna know who you are because there's you know there's not really any female reporters in general mm-hmm. so why not yeah why not take advantage of a weird situation i love that yeah Yeah. i think i think that's just like you said it's advice for anyone just like own who you are and apologize for it just figure out the ways that um it can be an advantage for you fuck yeah oh i fucking love that uh yeah pierce you want to get to the i think there's one or two more questions i'm not sure no i think that was it actually i think didn't wally have one inspiring um uh, oh yes hang on so yeah being black thanks for bringing up jimmy um but uh this is from our good pal, pal Wally. Um, kind of a broad topic, but it'd be cool to hear some of the behind the scenes with the interview with Stan Bowman. Uh, great question. Um, you know, and I've, I've talked to Stan Bowman a couple times, you know, and I, I know because I live in Chicago. Um, 
and I was told that everything was going to be on the table for this interview that I had with him last week. Firstly, it's funny because we did it on Zoom, and I moved last week, so he's like one of the first people to see my new apartment, which is just <laughs> kind of hilarious to me. Um, before a lot of my friends and family did, um, but you know, it's hard because going into an interview like this, you understand he has an agenda. Um, he wants to convey his message and he has talking points and not that you want to get him to veer off of that, but like you want the truth. Like you don't want um, just to hear, you know, what he has prepared. So um, I fucking preach that. Um, yeah. I can relate <laughs> to that right now. Yeah, so it, good <laughs> in general is um, just to, follow-ups just as much as you can get as many details and follow up again and again um and and that's how you get the most out of someone yeah not surprising this this organization is so incredibly quiet and i feel like he's kind of the uh he kind of embodies everything about this organization in terms of the uh the short answers the the non-answers and and whatnot and you just yeah you don't really there's no not really it's not a crackable egg in any sense of the word yeah exactly yeah all right, Emily, before we go, I just got a few questions for you because I'm always curious what people's interests are. So I'm just going to fire like a few um, uh, questions off. Um, yeah. What are some of your favorite movies of all time? Just like list a few. Oh, cool. um, I love Almost Famous. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, um, my God. Oh, my God. That's uh, your I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like to sound like an idiot. Is, that, is Reese Witherspoon in that? No, it's Kate Hudson. It's incredible. Oh, it's- I'm thinking of Legally Blonde. That's what it was. Okay, great movie as well, but Almost <laughs> Famous is actually about a young rock and roll journalist who's following around a rock and roll band, Kate wow. Hudson, a groupie. Um, it's an incredible movie. I-, I think you guys would adore it. So that is like one of my go-tos. I will always watch that movie. Oh, Zoe and- Dismel as well, yeah. Jason. Yeah. See, I'm... I'm uh, well, I'm aspiring to take film in college, so the fact that I didn't know that, that's negative one points for me. Okay. That one up. We always have time to evolve. Watch it. Oh, yeah. Back to me. Oh, my parents, my parents would never let us watch anything that wasn't PG, so like the last two years after I got into film, I'm just like, I'm watching everything all the time. <laughs> I've, watched, yeah. I've watched way too many movies this last year, <laughs> but it's awesome. It's so much fun to really get into it, you know? So that's, that's going on my watch list. And uh, oh, maybe you can read the review one day. There we go. Um, Jeremy, all you need to know that Citizen Kane is the best movie of all time. That's all you need to know to be a film student. Yeah. yeah. Sure, the best. 101 in film class. Oh, my God. I can't wait to God, I wait to sit in a classroom and have some dude with a fade cut in glasses tell me why I don't know what I'm talking about because I like a Marvel <laughs> movie. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, man. As he walks away, like, wearing a Pulp Fiction poster. Fucking great. Uh, All right. Next question. Of Emily. Uh, oh, my God. Emily, what are some of your go. favorite bands slash albums ever? Hmm. You know what's funny? The first CD I ever bought was Outkast. Oh, yes. Yes. Their double album. I remember I bought that with my own money. Like, I, I could listen to that all the time. Um, I recently re- got into Fleetwood Mac. I've been on. Oh a few yes, track. yeah, especially with, uh, that, it, with the guy with the cranberry is juice. Is that why? Is it the uh, you had to do with the cranberry juice? Yeah, yeah. No, it was before that, but that only further accentuated my love. Right. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I've got a pretty eclectic taste. I love the Strokes. Um, I always. Oh uh, yes, love them too. Uh, uh, Pain is always a classic. I love that yeah. song. 
And like any female, I love my some Beyonce. Oh yeah, love it. Gotta respect Queen Bee. Exactly. All right. Um, favorite books. Ooh, also a great question. Um, you know, this is a random one. The best biography I've ever read Ooh. is Crystal Pete Maravich, who I knew nothing about, and I read his biography by Mark Kriegel, and it's incredible. Like, I was riveted. I just think he's a fascinating um, sports figure. It's a fascinating story about a sports dad, a demanding sports dad, and it's just, it's a really good story. That's wild, actually. I never would have guessed. No, I know. I, I think I catch people off guard with that one. <laughs> wow. I'm not a big book reader, but one book I've actually started reading is Lolita. It was actually adapted into a movie oh, by uh, by the great Stanley Kubrick. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically about this older man who tries to get with uh, a wife so he can be close to this, like, 12-year-old girl. It's mm-hmm. it's like a weird premise, but uh, it's, a, it's a very, like, so far I've been reading it's been a great book. So, um, you smell like a film student right now. I'm just saying. Holy yeah. <laughs> Oh no, I like I, lo- I love movies too. Like I've seen, oh, I've, yeah. I've tried to see every old movie I can. I love this it. This dude has like it's it's crazy. I'm the one who's gonna take film. This guy has like way better taste than I could ever have. It's insane. This guy's like 2001: Space Odyssey. Oh Clark yeah, oh, that. that's oh, a deep yeah. We need to like have a, a movie night, Pierce. Oh yeah, we do. We, we can have a movie podcast. I also have a Breakfast More at fun. Tiffany's poster, and I also got a 2001: A Space Odyssey poster for my birthday. So yeah. Anyway. Too. Uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's slaps too. Love oh, that. Yeah. Love it. I love Audrey Hepburn so much. She's, She's the cool. best. She's real cool. Anyways, last question: Are you a cat or a dog person? Oh, easy dog. Uh, yes. I, I, we never win. I, I love dogs. I love both. I love both. I have a I have a cat right now. As a matter of fact, she's actually sitting on my bed, just like looking at me. Like she's just been sitting there the whole time. But yeah, I've had both cats and dogs. Nothing but positive experience. So you know, if it's like I'm okay if you say dog or cat because I just love both of them equally. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, any animal. I kind of that's where I'm at. I defend cats to no end, even though most of them suck. Um, they have like no personality either. Uh, the best like cats are the low, the low fur, like the the short, the short fur ones are like mm-hmm. have the most personality. Not that the, not the um, not the naked ones because those ones scare me. Um, <laughs> but the uh, there's like the very short fur ones. They don't shed and they're like very personable. They're almost like dogs, really. Yeah. Um, but that's, right now that's, I'm a, that's the best endorsement you can have of a cat. He's almost like a dog. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm a cat person, but I like them when they're dogs, so I'm very in the middle. I'm, I'm a, a dog person in this guy. My dad uh, taught how to play baseball. Like he would throw up a little like crumbled piece of paper and he would bat it. That was <laughs> no. I liked him, Leroy. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I just want to shout out my cat who's just been sitting there the whole time doing nothing, <laughs> just watching me podcast away. And now we're slandering him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With I'm going to uh, shout out my girlfriend's uh, small dogs for not barking at all during this podcast. Oh, that is yeah, a new yeah. Oh, my God. They are, yeah, little uh, Shih Tzu Maltese and a Shih Tzu. I forget the mix he is exactly. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like tiny dogs. I just pretend they're cats the entire time. It makes them more fun. But, no, nah, they, oh, my God. The fact that they haven't made a single noise is, I, I think they're rooting for me. I think they know what's going on. So, mad respect to those guys wherever they are. 
All right. Um, any you got anything else to add, Jimbo, or do you think we can uh, end this off? Uh, not really. Um, I just yeah, I guess just as usual, you know. Um, uh, you know, uh, anyone listening, uh, you know, follow Pierce at Stadium Arcadium on Twitter. You can follow me at Shaitan Faithful. Um, Emily, I forget your ad exactly. If you want to plug that. It's Emily, Emily Kaplan. There's a lot of Emily Kaplan. But guys, this was super fun. And um, you were so passionate and empathetic and funny. And hockey just needs more people like you. So keep on doing what you Aww, do. Oh, thank you. I'm I genuinely uh, appreciate it. That actually it. made me blush. <laughs> All right, now go watch Elmas Famous. Promise. I will. I will. I will do that. Well, yeah, we like, were obliged to. Now. Right. You must. You, you won't regret it. I promise. So uh, thank you, Emily, for coming on, a so-called <coughs> reporter. But, uh, it was it was great to have you on. Um, you know, there's been a, it's been a couple of tough days with uh, like a little bit with uh, women in sports, but you're one of the few women in sports that are great at what they do. I love listening to your podcast on ESPN with Greg Wyshynski. I love reading the work you do. It's just so amazing, and uh, keep it up, and hopefully we can talk again someday. I would love that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, stay safe. And yeah. Awesome. Have a great day, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being on here. Thank you.